This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kalb, wealth management advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street in Nevada City. Rick, K-A-L-B dot com. It's Tuesday, which means that here at the KVMR Evening News, it's time for the economic report with Gary Zimmerman. Gary is a retired Fed economist, and I'm very happy to be speaking with him now. Hi, Gary. Hi, Claudio. Gary, there's a lot going on. We're going to get right into it. I guess, let me ask, is there any economic news that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Maybe we could start with what you expect from the new GDP data that's going to be reported later this week? Well, Claudio, that's an excellent place to start. It looks like the first estimate of the third quarter annualized real GDP growth rate will be very strong. Uh, GDP or gross domestic product is the broad measure of the total output of goods and services for the economy that's measured over a quarter or or over a year. Um, Real GDP is adjusted to exclude the effects of inflation, and it's usually it's calculated at an annualized rate of growth so that we can easily compare growth rates for different time periods. Based on the very recent estimates, um, I expect that this Thursday we should expect to see the Bureau of Economic Analysis report a growth rate for real inflation-adjusted GDP at somewhere around 4 to 5% at an annual rate for the third quarter. That's fast. Explain that part to me. How fast is 4 to 5% GDP, and what, what's an average rate of growth for GDP look like? Okay. Well, in September, most of the Fed policymakers were projecting a longer run growth rate for the economy, um, real GDP. It's somewhere in the range of close to 2%, maybe a little bit below 2%. So um, at an annual rate. And, you know, while that's a long run average rate of growth, there can be considerable quarter to quarter differences in growth rates. And we've seen that recently. Um, But real output growth for the quarter at around 4 to 5% annual rate is more than double the average rate of increase. So, you know, that expected 4 to 5% growth rate is rapid, and it's likely to show strength in many sectors of the economy, including labor markets, industrial production, consumer spending, um, for the gold country, um, travel and tourism is, is doing well, too. Uh, have other measures of the economy for the third quarter of 2023 shown, you know, such robust strength as the real GDP? Oh, yes. Um, We discussed a couple of weeks ago, the labor markets uh, were very strong in the third quarter. So let's start with new jobs. The non-farm payroll economy added about 800,000 new jobs in the three months of the quarter. That is well above the average um, increase for new non-farm payroll jobs that you would get in a typical quarter of an economic expansion. So that's certainly strong. And if we look next at the unemployment rates, they usually spike during a recession, get higher. Uh, The headline unemployment rate in September was at 3.8% of the civilian labor force. That's near a historic low. Um, and with tight labor markets and millions of job openings reported, the uh, you know headline unemployment rate still remains below the four to five, four to four point five percent unemployment rate that many economists consider to be full employment for the economy. And in addition, there's a broader measure of unemployment, what's commonly called the underemployment rate. It's at 7%, which is also very low by historic standards. So it isn't surprising that the third quarter GDP growth should still be very strong when the labor markets are still adding jobs and um, consumers have money to spend and, and are spending it. 
Gary, do you expect this kind of rapid growth in the economy or, or GDP to continue into 2024? Well, Claudia, to answer that, let me refer to some of the recent economic forecasts I've seen in, you know, in the news and, and look at the Fed, Fed's policymakers' September um, 2023 projections. So most forecasts are expecting the economy, you know, measured again by real GDP or output growth, to continue to expand in the fourth quarter, but at more like an average annual growth rate, um, probably closer to 2%. So nowhere near the strong you know, likely four to five percent growth rate we're likely to see this week when the third quarter number is reported. You know, the good news is the economy is still growing. Consider that a year ago, many, probably about half of the economic forecasts were expecting the economy would actually be shrinking or falling into a recession in 2023. And that clearly has not happened at least so far. Uh, but, you know, the economy also could still face some big shocks in the month ahead. There's a lot, lot of stuff going on right now that that adds uncertainty. Okay, Gary, let's talk about that. What are some of the risks facing the economy and challenging forecasters in the remainder of the year and going into the next? <laughs> I, I think Mark Twain once said, forecasting is very difficult, uh, particularly with respect to the future. Might have <laughs> even said that next door at the Nevada Theater. Uh, <laughs> So, yes, there are significant risks. You know, there are two wars going on that could negatively shock the global economy and potentially cause a spike in energy prices. The federal government could shut down soon. Um, U.S. Treasury debt, the global economy's risk-free financial asset could face another default threat, you know, threatening a, a disastrous global financial crisis. Um, you know, the domestic economy faces risks too. Um, higher interest rates, for example. Mortgage rates were around 8% the other day, and, you know, that's clearly hurt the housing market. Post-COVID, the office and real retail real estate markets have been slumping and vacancies are high. Um, and that can impact lenders' asset or loan quality as well. And so an another concern. Um, and then, you know, in that, an example of that would be that we are seeing some increases in past due loan ratios for the higher risk or subprime auto loans. Um, so, you know, that could be a warning sign of you know, potential financial distress. So, um, you know, there are financial market risks, too. And then there are the question about rising inflation expectations or another risk. So, yeah, lots going on. Um, Gary, last question. What happens if the economy doesn't slow down and inflation starts to climb again? Okay, Claudio. Boy, just like Paul Emery, uh, you saved the toughest question for last. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if the economy just keeps on growing rapidly despite the Fed's efforts since March 2022 to slow the economy and the labor markets primarily by using the Fed's main monetary policy tool, that is you know, raising short-term interest rates, um, in an effort to slow the economy and lower the inflation rate towards or eventually to the Fed's 2% annual inflation rate goal. And they're, you know, right now they're looking at that, you know, probably happening in 2025, 2026. So, you know, the good news is the economy is still growing despite the higher interest rates and the economy hasn't fallen into a recession where the economy contracts and jobs are lost and the unemployment rate surges upwards. But the bad news is if the economy continues to grow too rapidly, then the inflation rate will likely start rising again. So um, if growth is too fast, I'd expect one of the first things that will happen is we'll see the financial markets and surveys of inflation expectations by businesses and consumers will start rising 
um, as concerned as they have concerns about the Fed's progress in bringing inflation down from around nine percent in 2022 to maybe three, three and a half, to three to five percent today. Um, you know, if that progress stops and the inflation rates start increasing again, then you know interest rates will start climbing um, as in inflation expectations rise. So that is a that is a big concern. And of course, rising inflation expectations would cause a rapid, significant U-turn in Fed policy. Instead of debating about one more interest rate increase or not this year and, and when to lower interest rates as inflation falls towards the Fed's you know, 2% inflation goal over the next couple of years, the Fed would likely start raising short-term interest rates again to, to slow the economy more and to lower the inflation rate again. Um, so this is a valid concern and a major challenge for Fed policymakers, too. I think that's the reason why Fed Chairman Powell left the door open for more rate increases um, if inflation doesn't continue slowing in his public comments last week. Um, that being said, you know, you know, so far the signs look good, but there are lots of risks ahead. All right, Gary. Well, lots to think about, lots to chew on. And of course, we'll be looking ahead to Thursday to see what those numbers actually are. Gary, thanks so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Claudia. Appreciate the opportunity. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco and is currently a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria. He teaches courses in economics and finance.